Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. All right, welcome wrestling peeps. This is Aaron Maxson talking at you. We're at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. I'm here with uh, Archie Mitchell. What's up? And and Nate Maxson sitting over there. Hello. Yes. Tonight is going to be a little different. Um, they're allowing the monkey to run the zoo, so we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and this is going to be a pilot preview type episode of what I've thought of for my show for the uh, the rest the the wrestling network that Nate has. Um, uh, Wrestle Talk Radio, correct? Wrestle Net Radio. Radio. I don't know. Why I said Wrestle Talk, Wrestle Net Radio. Um, so if you guys aren't following that, if you don't have the app, Nate will tell you later on how to download it. I'm sure um, it's a labor of love for him. So please support it. Um, on this episode, I'm outlawing any current wrestling product talk because I'll have no fucking idea what you guys are talking about. So, other than that, does anybody have anything that they want to get off their chest or promote or anything before we go over the concept of this program? I'll do the prom- I'll do the promotion stuff at the end of the show, but I did want to say, and, and there's a new episode that I just posted of Reliving the Extreme. Um, Aaron, Chad, and I at the beginning of that show talked about this, and I wanted to talk about it on this show, too, because we're all old school wrestling fans, and... Uh, it is a talk of the community right now, a sad talk of the community. Our best wishes out to the one and only Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, who is, uh, is, is apparently suffering from a bit of dementia or something to that effect now, but um, pretty sad to see um, a man that we all saw as such a strong man, you know, back yes. in the day. And, and like we discussed on the show before, um, biggest house show draw, even even versus Andre, even versus Macho, house show wise, Paul Orndorff needs his credit. He needs to be acknowledged for the fact that with Hulk Hogan, he was the biggest house show draw in the history of the WWE. So, but other than that, I just like I said, I wanted to send a well wishes out to Paul Orndorff and his family, yes. and um, hope it hope it gets better for him. You know, a lot of times in situations like that, unfortunately, it doesn't. But you always have those good thoughts in the back of your mind. And yes. you, you mentioned reliving the extreme. 
we would be uh, bitter to not uh, give our well wishes and our prayers out to Sabu, who yes. lost his wife, Super Genie, uh, Melissa Coates, uh, yesterday. Um, he is in our thoughts. He is in our prayers. Sabu was instrumental in building the extreme brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just had him on the uh, virtual asylum less than a year ago, and she was there with him. Lovely lady, wonderful to do business with, to talk to, you know what I mean? So uh, just a very sad day to hear that we lost her, and I can only imagine what Sabu yes. is going Aaron, through. Sorry that we um, <laughs> started your pilot show off with a bunch of sad well, news. Well, but... here, I'll, I'll give you give some. Oh, it's only going to go downhill from there. It'll be <laughs> I, I'll, I'm, I'll give it a little bit of oomph. Nate recorded and, and is putting up the newest episode of uh, A Slice of, of uh, what is it called? Time. Nate? A Slice, Slice of, of time. time. And I was booted from the show because my arch nemesis rival, John the Magic Chefsky Majewski, was on the show. So listen here, Microwave. Next week, you better be on the show because I want to have a word with you. Well, he told me. You out. He told me that if you have, if you pick a fight with him, you're picking a fight with Warsaw. I'm just saying, Archie. Well, if he picks saying. a fight with me, then he picks a fight with Sorwall. <laughs> okay, he don't even know who that guy is. Big in Jersey, he is. <laughs> I don't know any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Aaron, it's all yours. <clears throat> all right, folks, what we're going to do is this is going to be a episodic week-by-week breakdown of a particular year. Um, it's not going to be, like, integral every single show, every single federation. It's going to be the major companies that were around at that time, what's available on the network, and obviously if some of the stuff I can find on YouTube – but it's not going to be like a deep dive of every single thing that happened in like 19. Like, I'm not going to tell you what was going on in ECWA or right. anything like that. It's WCW, WWE, or WWF at the time, and ECW. And eventually, obviously, those two companies will fall out if we say we do like a 2003. But um, so basically, we're going to start with the week of January 4th through January 10th. Um, the beginning of the year it's the beginning of what a lot of people around our age consider the greatest year in the history of professional wrestling 1997 that's why i wanted to go with it um and at the beginning of the year this is the roll call of champions of each company in wcw the world heavyweight champion is hollywood hulk hogan your united states heavyweight champion is eddie guerrero yay your WCW World Tag Team Champions are the Outsiders, and okay. the WCW World Television Champion is Steven Regal. All right. All right. And Except for also, Hogan. And also, finally, the WCW Cruiserweight Champion is Ultimo Dragon. Now, did he have the J-Crown as well, or was he um, the... I think so, right, Nate? He had just... It, that's later on, but he had just he had just lost it. Okay, some other Japanese guy, but the reason he kept to keep, the reason he got to keep his WCW, it, actually it wasn't just some Japanese guy. I think it was Jushin Liger. Jushin Liger, yeah. But, um, <laughs> well, he is some Japanese guy. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the reason he didn't lose the WCW Cruiserweight Championship is because that was not recognized in that J Crown. J Crown, right? Um, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, 
Archie said boo to Hogan, but at this time, Archie, come on. He's the shit. Hogan, Hogan, Hogan was hot shit at this I, time. I know they can't see you. You're wearing a shirt. <laughs> I'm wearing a Hollywood Hogan shirt that I bought from the Hogan Beach shop that I visited two months ago. I'm not a Hogan hater. There's just times I could do without him. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's all. It's all then good, brother. Then over on the WWF side of things, the WWF world champion is Sid Vicious. The WWF Intercontinental Champion is Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And your WWF Tag Team Champions are Owen and the Bulldog. And the, tra- the trash can is still reigning as the WWF Women's Champion, correct? Yes. that The trash can that beat not, Medusa. That thing has not been emptied out yet. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> I, thought you, I, thought you were, I thought you were talking about Sable. I'm like, she wasn't the women's champion. That no, no. <laughs> and then over in ECW, the ECW World Television Champion is Shane Douglas. The world champion is Raven, and the tag team champions are the Eliminators. Nice. So that is your roll call of champions for 1997. And it's pretty fucking awesome. I got <laughs> the goddamn great line of a champion. I agree. I agree. You know, I always wondered something before we go any further, and I'm sorry to interject a, a question, but Saturn got injured a little while later in ECW. He, he broke his leg, and then through his injury, he was trying to come back, and he would do spots off the ladder onto the, the gangsters. And then all of a sudden, he just showed up in WCW one day with Raven. Do you think he told John Cronus, look, dude, I'm, I'm making my way to WCW? Or do you think Cronus was just flipping through Monday night and was like, damn, that motherfucker well, left without me? Actually, the reason Saturn left was Saturn was basically ousted by ECW because he was trying to um, he was trying to filter talent from ECW into WCW, and he got caught. Right. But do you think he told Cronus, or did Cronus have to find out the hard way? I have a feeling that Cronus probably stooged off. Right. Right. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Bill Alfonso was caught up in that, too, and he was almost ousted, and WCW didn't have any interest in him. Like, right. So he had to quickly do that thing he did with Beulah, which will be later on talked about the bloodbath. That's a good job. We are welcoming to Aaron's show, David Gold. Oh. Hello, David. David. Damn, why can't I just sneak in? Because <laughs> I'm here to listen and enjoy, and if you guys want any of my takes on anything, let me know. But I uh, just figured I'd join in and listen up. What Aaron's doing is a pilot for his show that's going to be on WrestleNet Radio, which is the year that was, pretty much, and he's going to be going week by week through the year 1997 this time around. And uh, we just got done with our Roll Call of Champions, so we just got started. But you're more than welcome to hang out as long as you want to. And this is very free form. Like I'll go through these matches, and it's like I was saying, if it's something that pops off to you, you remember this match, or you remember this show, you guys just interject your opinions or whatnot. Okay. I like it. I like it. All right. So we're going to start with WWF Raw. This is from January sixth, nineteen ninety seven. The show opens, with, obviously, with Jerry Lawler and Vince McMahon welcoming everybody to Raw. Um, and the opening match is Owen Hart, along with his manager, Clarence Mason, versus Mankind with Paul Bearer. Um, 
Like I said, I'm not going to go blow by blow of the match. The winner of this match was Mankind with a pile driver. Comes out of nowhere. And then we roll in. I'm sure you guys might have some thoughts on this next match. We roll into the fake Razor and the fake Diesel versus Doug Furness and Philip LaFon. Cam. So the first thing I'm going to say about Owen and, and Mankind is you're starting to get, and, and it kind of starts, it actually, I got to give credit to this to WCW because they kind of started doing it before the WWF did. But late 96 into early 97, you start to get the bleeding of the lines between faces right, and heels. Right. Um, where you have a lot more heel versus heel matches, face versus face matches. Um, and it, it it's funny because I, I understand some to some extent because I am kind of an old school fan. I love the idea of bad guy versus good guy, but also at this time it was so much different to see it. It was really exciting. Oh yeah. Some of some of it doesn't age well, but at this time it was it was really cool to see in something exciting. So I know you had moved on to the next segment, Aaron, but I just wanted to throw that that thought in there. Uh, like, I I find it odd, but I guess it was at a time mankind was kind of floundering here because he was kind of in between his feud with The Undertaker and they didn't really know what to do with him. So you put him against Owen is a crazy match. I, I kind of want to go back and watch it now. <laughs> and, and I did actually skip over something. Sorry. After that match and before we get into fake re- fake fake Razor, <laughs> fake Razor and fake Diesel versus Furnace and Lafon, there is a backstage interview with Shawn Michaels, Super Sock Jose Lothario, and Pete Lothario Super Sox son. That string bean. Yeah, it's and very... Sean is, like, wearing, like, a black trench coat thing, and he, I I think he's he's wearing glass... He's wearing his sunglasses, and I'm pretty much sure Sean was a little loaded when they did this, but... This was, this was after uh, Sid beat him for the title, right? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Lothario's son was there to try to call out Sid for hitting his father... And Sean was trying to prove that he was a badass because that's why the fans were slightly booing him because during his his title reign, he was kind of coming off as a goody-goody even though he was, you know, held behind the scenes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, and he's trying to look tough. Yeah. Um, what he really wanted to do, though, was go to WCW to be with all the dash, but <laughs> Vince wasn't having it. And it's a good thing he didn't. Yeah, I agree with that. So now on to the fake Reezers. The fake, diesel. The fake razor and diesel. I like your tag team name, actually, the Reezers. I like it. <laughs> I mean, it, it matches them perfectly because they were bad. <laughs> fake <laughs> razor so, and diesel here. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like it's like the tale of two cities here. Um, fake razor and diesel versus, and obviously, fake diesel is Kane. Right. Um, so he was always talented. They just didn't know what the fuck to do with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Bogner was just terrible. Yes. But they're in there with a tag team that was fantastic in the ring, yes. but could not cut a promo to save their asses. So they never, they were never going to get anywhere in a Vince Rousseau land. I, I still feel they should have been put with Cornette as their mouthpiece. I think they would have made for a great tag team under Cornette's tutelage. But I think Jim was still with Vader at the time. And, no, no. And he were, you know. No, Jim, but, Jim wasn't but, with anybody. By this time, I think they had done the thing where Undertaker Tombstone Jim or whatever. Oh, okay. Put him in the body bag. Jim wasn't wasn't with anybody. I want to make I want to make a a 
I, I'm watching a lot of 96, obviously, because of, of where we're at with the, with the uh, 25-year-ago show. And, and obviously, we haven't got there yet on the show. But some, something I thought about the fake Razor, Rick Bogner, mm-hmm. when recently watching. Do you remember back in the day when the WWF would have the, the, uh, the Fan Fest or the Access or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And they would do like the... <laughs> They would do the lookalike contests, mm-hmm. like the lookalike <laughs> Paul Bearer and the lookalike Big Boss Man. Rick yep. Bogner looked like he won the lookalike. Ra- like he doesn't really look like Razor, but right. out of everybody that dressed right. up like Razor, he looked the most like Razor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got the height, yes. yeah, <laughs> but not the build. And then but- fake Diesel's in better shape than regular Diesel. Rick Bogner, who won this role in a $50 Circuit City gift card <laughs> for winning the lookalike contest. I, I watched a uh, an interview about them, and somebody was, I forgot who it was, I think it might have been Jim Ross said, so Tom Pritchard takes Glenn Jacobs into the, the ring, and he's trying to teach him to wrestle like Kevin Nash. But God help him, Kevin Nash didn't have a lot of moves. Right. You know, it was a big boot, a back elbow, a knee to the gut, and then the power bomb. That was really it. So he's trying to teach Glenn, and Glenn, God bless him, is learning perfectly. And then he turns to Rick, and he's like, okay, now you got to learn how to throw the punches like Razor. And after four punches thrown like Razor, Rick is sitting there breathing heavy, going, uh, uh, I don't know if I can do this. And... That's when Tom Pritchard's like, this is not going to work. This is going to work. It's just going to be a comedy act, and that's all it'll ever be. So, yeah. Well, they lose to Furnace and LaFont. Good. That's <laughs> good. LaFont go over. Good. Um, next, there's an interview with Bret Hart, and he's just talking about basically the upcoming <laughs> Royal Rumble and everything. And then right. Sid does an in-ring interview, <clears throat> and... Um, Jim Ross asks him if he's going to apologize for what he did to Jose Lothario at Survivor Series, which was hitting him in the chest with a camera, possibly giving this old fuck a heart attack. Right. Sid laughs maniacally and says he does not apologize for that, but he apologizes basically for something that nobody even knows about yet. And then he leaves. So he's threatening Jose it Lothario to awesome. make it worse. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the, the beauty of the fact, and this gets lost on people sometimes. You know, anybody who knows, knows. And it's never been said, but you know that the first time Vince McMahon saw Sid cut a promo. Maybe so not the first time. Idea what he's doing. Yeah, he thought, <laughs> he thought. Um, we'll just make him a psycho, right? Because a psycho would just babble like that. Right. And you know what? It worked. Like Sid's promos worked with that gimmick. Yep. <laughs> it and really Vince did. Is guy, Vince is the guy that knew best what to do with Sid. Ironically, yes, but he doesn't know what to do with anyone else. <laughs> and then um, we get our main event, and Shawn Michaels comes out. He's on headset. And the main event is Bret Hart versus Vader. And as the match is going on, um, Sid comes out and takes a cameraman, which is something that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. So he, he, he hijacks the cameraman, brings him with him. They don't know what's going on. Sean's still at the table. Oh, I remember um, this. Vader ends up getting the Vader bomb on Bret and 
Um, Steve Austin was out there to kind of cause a little bit of the distraction. And Vader hits the Vader bomb on Brett and pins him one, two, three. The building's like, what the fuck? Nobody expected that to happen, but Vader right. gets the win. And um, after the match, it cuts back to Sid attacking Pete Lothario and power bombing him onto a table. And Shawn Michaels runs out there, runs back to try to try to help Pete. And Shawn Michaels is holding Pete, and he's upset about Pete. And um, Aldo Montoya and Savio Vega are there for some reason, trying to, <laughs> trying to help. They're just in the way. And it goes off the air with Shawn Michaels saying that he's gonna he's gonna beat Sid's big ass at the Royal Rumble. But now, number one, I'm wondering if this is how Just Incredible got in good with the click. By no, know, no, he was he got in good with the click by. Holding carrying their bags. We're all getting that too. Number two, the Royal Rumble was in San Antonio, Texas that year. No one knew that Shawn Michaels was going to rerun the title. Yeah. Did they have to kill Pete Lothario mm-hmm. in order to get the point across that Shawn was going to win? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, Bad that raw ending. That show goes off the air with Sid slamming Peter. Poor Peter. <laughs> Poor Peter. Um, that was it. Was supposed to be Vader, yeah. At Royal Rumble '97, and then you know through Sean's politics at the time, and Vince Vince uh, souring on Vader because of Sean's politics. And we aren't going to say anything here that Shawn Michaels wouldn't say. You know, Shawn Michaels admits that he was a pain in the ass back then. Oh yeah, he was, he was a terrible person. Oh, and yeah. um. And thank God he redeemed himself and had one of the best careers you could ever imagine and one of the greatest of all time. But at this time, uh, as as Aaron goes through 1997 on this show, Shawn Michaels fucks up a lot of stuff, you oh, know, yeah. and, and his attitude puts the monkey wrench in a lot of things in 97. Um, sometimes it makes for good television and sometimes it makes for disjointed television. But regardless, that was all I had to say there. Okay. Any other comments on that Raw? Uh, big shocker that Vader got the win over Brett because at this point in time, Vader wasn't beating nobody. Not even the jobbers were getting beat by Vader. So I'm surprised Brett actually put Vader over and didn't bitch about it later on. But maybe that was Brett trying to prove he was the better man than Sean. I don't know. And just think, folks, back at this point, Raw was still only one hour long. One hour. I was just going to say that because now we're rolling into Nitro, and Nitro is a two-hour program. And I got to tell you, when you hear some of these matches, <laughs> you're to realize that two hours ain't always the best. Um, a, lot, a lot of those matches needed to be on main event and uh, Saturday night. A lot of those matches needed to be on nothing. Right. Uh, <laughs> so hour one is brought to us by Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco. Oh. Who? Whoa! Now, come on. I was going to say that uh, when the when the human game of chess is played and like, Napoleon loses his hat or some shit. I like Tony Schiavone and Larry Zabisco together. And Larry Zabisco is a guy that the older I get, the more I appreciate. Every year I find I, myself appreciating Larry Zabisco, the the 
character, the personality of Larry Sabisco much, much more. Like, in ring was basic, but as a personality and a heel and just promo and all that shit, very entertaining. I like Tony Giovanni when he's not overly dramatic, which isn't a lot of times, but, you know, but I don't know. I've just never been a Larry Zabisco fan. And when I see him do shoot interviews and try to bury people for no reason, because, I mean, let's face it, in the 90s and even the early 2000s, you never heard about anybody having a beef with Larry Zabisco. For, so for him to shit on guys is like, it just always turned me off. So the opening match of Nitro is... Bobby Eaton's already in the ring. He's getting ready to have his match with Glacier. Ooh. That's where we're opening Nitro with. Is this Sir Bobby Eaton or is this No, Bobby this is Eaton? beautiful Bobby. Beautiful Bobby. No, he's no longer a blue blood. He's, he's okay. that now. And he's got he got mad and left because of how they were treating Jives. He didn't appreciate right. it. So he bounced. He didn't take Jives with him or nothing. He just said, I'm out. Right. Jives. Um, and Glacier comes out with what has been described in the past as one of the most expensive ring entrances at the time. $500,000 a time. Stupid. But Glacier ends <laughs> up winning that match. Um, hey, guess what? Listeners, but, listeners out there who are maybe younger listeners that weren't, uh, weren't watching wrestling in the 90s or weren't even born yet in the 90s. If you don't know, now you know. If it wouldn't have been for the NWO, Glacier was going to be WCW's next big star. Yep. Yeah. The blood, blood, the blood runs cold was the next was Eric Bischoff's next uh, next idea for yep. pro wrestling, the Mortal Kombat style and he, gimmicks. And, and he had he had a, a it wasn't just Glacier or Mortis and Wrath. He had like ten guys lined up to be Mortal Kombat like characters. Yeah, Ernest Miller was going to be part of it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. The man who brought us the NWO. And then the next match is a Mexican strap match with Big Bubba Rogers versus Conan. <laughs> I thought you were going to say John Tenta. Conan. Why is, why is that so humorous to me? I don't know why that's so humorous. Oh, Hugh Morris is in uh, Sold Out. <laughs> hey, oh. <Hey-o. laughs> um, but Conan has Jimmy Hart with him, and Conan's part of the Dungeon of Doom. And I, ne- even as a kid, I didn't understand why is Conan, this Mexican gangster, in the Dungeon of Doom? <laughs> yeah, did, right. did, he did, did totally it makes did. Like, no fucking sense. And it, he'd he'd come out to that slow ass music, but he's dressed like uh, fucking Cypress Hill or something. Yeah. It's like what, what is going and he's on? Like, People that the Dungeon of Doom. DOD. It's like, what the fuck? I, I never understood on? how he, his transformation from Conan, AAA star, which was his normal outfit, to I'm going to go be in the Dungeon of Doom. Give me some baggy pants and a plaid shirt, please. And how's, that his... guy wind, how's that guy wind up in like the Ice Palace or whatever they were in? Right. I don't understand. It's because he liked Kevin Sullivan because he was insane in the membrane. <laughs> they were also the same height. Oh, Conan's much taller than Kevin Sullivan. I know, I was joking. <laughs> but so who wins this Mexican strap match between one Mexican and one guy who's... Georgia. No, <laughs> Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. The Mexican. Conan <laughs> wins. Um, so, and this match happened, obviously, because 
Conan was mad that Bubba Rogers joined the NWO. Right. And the less said about it, the better. Um, <laughs> do you guys have any other comments on that? No, other than no. other than I'm a huge fan, huge fan of Ray Trailer. But this was the this was the um, Ray Trailer's weird because he was superb for a big man until about ninety five, and then from ninety five until he went back to the WWF in ninety eight, he kind of let himself go. Yeah, he was, and I mean, I don't know if it was just the excesses of the the money with WCW or you know, being able to be lazy because everybody was able to if they needed to be in WCW or what. But Right. And then he comes back to the WWF, has a career resurgence, is fantastic again. But this is during that sloppy time for Ray Trailer, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Um, then Kevin Sullivan cuts a promo. Um, he's not out in the arena or whatever. It's a pre-tape, and he's standing by a chessboard, and he's talking about Chris Benoit, and he smacks the chess pieces off the table. And it's lame, and it's not even like a good-looking chessboard or anything. It's like one of those like plastic ones—the <laughs> the one you buy at the gas station where it's yeah. all folded up together. So WCW yeah. couldn't even afford to get him like a, a thirty-dollar marble chess set. Yeah, it's bad. Um, and then the four horsemen come out, and they're um, Chris Benoit's not there, and Deborah's talking shit about those two. But then Jeff Jarrett comes out and interrupts. And says that Benoit's a part-time horseman and they should bring him into the horseman. Arn goes to talk and Arn is cut off by Jeff who says he didn't come out to talk to the horse's rear end. He came out to talk to the horse's head and that's Ric Flair. Um, so basically he calls Arn a horse's ass. That's Arn right. gets mad, fucking punches Jeff in the back of the head and in classic horseman like Jeff, like Flair likes Jeff Jarrett, you know, but in classic horseman, since Arn punched Jeff, Flair's like, all right, I guess, you know what I mean? Two, like Ar- Ar- Arn's, Arn's got a problem with this guy, so I'm going to help beat him up too. Right. In no, in no way to compare the importance of either angle, but it's much like when the Andersons attacked Sting. Right. In, what was it, 90? Yeah, you know when he, you know, we're giving you one more chance to not take the title match. Blah blah blah. Flair's trying to, Flair likes, Flair kind of likes Sting, so he's giving him a little, a little, you know. But the Andersons aren't having it, and they just so then Flair just helps them beat the shit out of him because they, yeah. well, we're, I guess Horse we're beating the shit out of this guy now. Best line <laughs> delivered. Best line delivered during that beating to Sting is when he grabs Sting by the face and says, "Get out of this business, do something else." And all I sit there and think is. What else was Sting going to do with his life? He was a he was a bodybuilder turned wrestler. Like he's just going to go sell cars. Ric Flair told me to get out of the wrestling business. I'll go sell a car. You know what I mean? But yeah. another thing about that angle, I'm sorry to get off topic. They told Sting, "Don't take the title shot, and you're no longer a horseman." Maybe if they would have allowed him to still be a horseman, he might have given up the title shot. That's just my feelings on it. You know, they left him no cause. Mm-hmm. In other words, you can't be a horseman anymore, and you're not allowed to fight for the world heavyweight title. At this point, all is lost. <laughs> right. I'm, I have nothing to gain. So, well, go this, ahead, Aaron. That's all right. This this um, devolves into a match between Jeff Jarrett and Arn Anderson, and Jeff Jarrett ends up winning. Um, right. And then, because Deborah helps Jeff, because Deborah thinks Jeff's cute. 
and Kevin or uh, Kevin uh, Steve McMichael doesn't like Jeff Jarrett because Deborah wants to like cockhold him with him or whatever right. going on. Right. And um, let me tell you something, Buttercup. Like, like it, it, it's just it, it's actually kind of if if you step back and look at it, it's actually kind of a little neat little angle that's going on. Um, then the horsemen all powder out and it's over. And then we move into, uh, Steven Regal, who's supposed to be facing DDP, but DDP is not there for some reason. And Tony can't believe that, um, DDP's missing this TV title match. Cause apparently he missed some other match on Saturday night. That was for a title. But he doesn't show up. Well, he, and was, he was busy training Carl Malone how to do the diamond cutter. Possibly. <laughs> um, but he is replaced by Jim Duggan. Oh, God. 1997 Jim Duggan. Mm-hmm. And um, this, unfortunately, ends in a time limit draw. Wow. Did yeah. Duggan tape his fist at any point? <laughs> he tried. He tried, of course. Um, and Regal tried really hard, but this was not that great. And then, um, anybody got anything on that? Not really. Good. <laughs> um, the next match you're going to have even less on. Hugh Morris faces Jim Powers with Teddy Long. I have more to say about this. Actually, I do too. You know what? I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I noticed that uh, in like 96 and 97... If you go to like the the wrestling database or whatever, I'm sure you'll find because I have while watching the shows. There is a, there are very few stars that are featured on Nitro as many times as Jim Powers. Like Jim Powers, yeah. is on Nitro all the like he like he didn't do anything, but he wrestles on like every Nitro and, for two and years. He fought some God of the bless him. Name. Yeah, he fought Flair. <laughs> he fought Anderson. He fought Sting. There wasn't a name he wasn't involved with. He was probably the only guy that wasn't under some kind of guarantee and was getting paid by the match. So he was all five of them. And the best part about it, the only claim to fame he had in WCW was being a part of the whole Nick Patrick is screwing over everybody that works for Teddy Long storyline. Yeah. So not really that great. But yeah, he's uh, And you know what? For a guy his size... And, and and not not I mean not a ton of charisma, but for a hand, Jimmy Powers wasn't bad. No, not at all. You know yeah. he, he was he was a good hand in there. He was never going to be in the main event. I mean I mean shit in '99 if he's still been there, they might have thrown him in the NWO because anybody could get an NWO card then, right? But, um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> Aaron's like you I, guys won't have anything to say about this one. <laughs> I want to make the Italian world order. It will be me, Joey Mags, and Teddy Long. And the Italian Stallion. The Italian Stallion would be like the Hollywood Hogan of the Italian right, world order. Right. But uh, Hugh Morris uh, beats Jim Pin Me, Pay Me Powers with a moonsault. No. Yeah. Hey. Hey, I just thought of something. What? <laughs> the following message is paid for by the New World Order. Not the anymore! <laughs> <laughs> Why did you make it into it's me, Mario? Why did you, you totally ripped off the line? Because, well, I should have said Italian world order. I'm and sorry. I'm going to say this. 
Paul Malomo would be the Hollywood Hogan of that. Oh, yeah. Well, but he was gone by then, wasn't he? Wasn't he dead by then? No. Oh. He died in like 2015. Oh, sorry, uh, Sal. Oh, I just thought of something, Nate. The Italian stallion would be Salvatore Sincere from the WWF. Because <laughs> it would have been perfect. He would have been a cast off from the WWF and he would have just walked into WCW. <laughs> you. <laughs> you might not know who I am. But you definitely don't know why I'm here. We don't know either of them. And you don't care. (laughs) But I am here. Uh, (laughs) We know who you are, but we don't care why you're here. Right. (laughs) Sincerely. Sincerely, right. Is there a war going on? Because we want the war. (laughs) But then we roll into what you think would be the best match on the show. But it's not. It's Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio Jr. Why wasn't it the best match? Because I'm going to tell you here in a minute. All right. (laughs) But they have their match, and it's the um, it's the it's the Luchador match of the night, which is later on typically the 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 opener of the show. But here they're kind of buried at the the middle here. But they they wanted to get the crowd hot. That's why they have a really good match. Um, Psychosis and Rey Mysterio. I don't think ever had a bad match, and this is. This is no different. Very entertaining. One, okay. And then uh, Archie. Archie said, "Who won?" Oh, sorry, Rey Mysterio won that match. Damn it! And then we move into Kevin Sullivan uh, versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. Oh God! And Kevin beats him. Anything on that? What? So pretty much just a squash there. Like, yeah, okay. yeah. Nothing Travel really probably happened. got a drop kick in, but that was about it. <laughs> and he went over. Right. Kevin did it like he didn't. <laughs> right. He missed him. He grazed the top of his head. Kevin <laughs> didn't duck. And then he, he went. He went over Kevin, but he didn't go over over right. Kevin. Right. And then we roll into what is actually the best match on this entire card. It's Alex Wright versus Eddie Guerrero. Wow, they have a really good match. Um, Alex Wright, in my opinion, is a very underrated we've, wrestler. I'm, we've talked about it before. The gimmick yeah. sucked, but the dude in the gimmick was fantastic. Yes. And, well, and you know what? <clears throat> the, it's funny because the gimmick didn't even always suck. Like there were times where it, it, like, there were times it was when okay. For, heel. When he became a yeah. heel, it was better. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like I think we discussed before about Berlin and all that, but. De- uh, Alex Wright, one of the underrated, underrated stars of wrestling, and I think the only reason he doesn't get his due now is because after WCW went under, he was like, "Yeah, fuck it, I'm going back home. Right. <laughs> I'm going back to Europe." He didn't get into the he didn't you know he didn't get into the invasion thing or try to get with no. the WWF. They would have made him look like an idiot, idiot in WWF if he would have went there. But I think also he would have. Uh, they may have made it look like an idiot. I'm not saying they wouldn't have, but I th- what I'm saying, I guess, is I think that if he would have been a part of that, he would get talked about more. Yeah, you know maybe, what I'm saying? Maybe. Like because he, you know he, he just like I said, he just after the after WCW was done, Alex Wright was done in the states. Pat Patterson would have been all about it. So oh yeah, <laughs> do you need to be oiled up, Mister Wright? No, I'm fine, Pat. Are you sure? He's the king of the boogie. <laughs> now I have a small confession to make. When I was younger and the ads for Berlin were airing, 
You remember how the ad, the promo would go? It would just show like that brick wall with the graffiti on it, mm. and then he would come in and turn around and go, "Brilliant!" But I didn't hear him correctly. So for like the first four weeks of those promos, I thought his new name was Derlinium. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, because it wasn't written properly on the right. wall, and he's talking in that German accent. Like, what kind of fucked up German word is Delirium? Yeah, you're what, like, what the hell sense what, does this make? What is this? And then he comes out, and this is Berlin. I'm like, that was his name this whole time? <laughs> really? Okay, Berlin. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, obviously, Eddie Guerrero won that match. And Eddie Guerrero is the United States champion at this time. Yes. But he does not have his United States championship because this is the era where... Six was stealing titles. Yeah, Six Pac was a kleptomaniac at yes. stealing titles. Like he had stole this. He before that he had stole the cruiserweight, cruiserweight title. title. And yep. um, during this match, he comes out and he's like taunting Eddie with his United States Championship. And they're getting ready to roll into, and we'll discuss it later. Not in this show, but in the shows coming up, they go on to have a. They're, they're basically setting up their ladder match at. Um, Sold out. NWO sold out. The worst uh, drawing pay-per-view in WCW history. Might be one of the worst drawing pay-per-views in wrestling history. True, but there's been a couple for WWF that were pretty bad, too. So Yeah. I and remember then, during that feud between Eddie and, and Six Pac, Eddie looking so emotional when he would tease him with the title, and he'd always look at the ref and go, you trying to steal my title, yo! And I would just <laughs> sit there and go, poor Eddie. It's... Like, he's a champion, and he doesn't even get to have the belt. Why yeah. couldn't WCW just give him another title? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So. And, um, so, unless anybody's got anything else on that, we'll move into the next match, which is um, Harlem Heat versus the Amazing French Canadians with Colonel Robert Parker, Parker. as their manager. And Parker is completely decked out in, like, the French... Like he's got the hat. With he's got the, the little duck hat. Yeah, duck hat. he looks like a member of the Foreign Legion. Yeah, he's wearing like the Legionnaire pants and the boots, and he's got the crop and everything. He's fucking ridiculous, three, and it's three, amazing. Three of my favorite people in that act. Yeah, and they 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 start to sing the French the like the the Canadian national anthem in France French, and they don't know it. And Bobby's just like. <laughs> Sing, man. These guys are great. That's great. <laughs> that is good. Um, and uh, Harlem Heat ends up winning that match. Anything on that, fellas? Um, yes. I know you said three of your favorite people. These are mm-hmm. five of my favorite people. Well, yeah, and I like. Yeah, I love Harlem Heat too. But the the. The Quebecers, that's what they are to me. But I know here they're the amazing French Canadians. But they are they are one of I like I like the Quebecers better than I like the Rougeos. I agree. And Robert Parker was the entire time he was in WCW. The entire and I mean, obviously, look at who he is. You know, it's Robert Fuller, for Christ's sake. But the entire time he was in WCW, he was thoroughly one of the most entertaining things in WCW. And one of the, like, when when Colonel Robert Parker was on, 
my attention was on WCW. Like that guy was entertaining as shit. Oh yeah, no didn't matter, matter what who he, he was did. Winning. Yeah. No, didn't matter. Didn't matter what he did. What a fucking performer. <clears throat> and and you know what? And I didn't. I mean, the the um, the, the 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 truth be told. Obviously, when Aaron and I were growing up in northwestern Ohio, we weren't seeing a lot of wrestling from Alabama. And what what the, what I'm getting at here is later in life, when you start going through and watching old stuff and everything, and you discover the careers of some of these people in the territories that you didn't see when you were younger and you were in your formidable years, thanks to Chad, I'm watching a lot of Continental now on YouTube. Oh, wow. Robert Fuller as a wrestler is is officially now also one of my favorite heel wrestlers of all time. What a heel. What a heel and what a great heel. And yeah, just uh, I wanted to, I wanted to, to 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 shower some praise on 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 Colonel Robert Parker here in this segment. And I'll I'll second that. He's fantastic. I agree. You guys ready for our main event match? Yes. If it if it's Hulk Hogan versus like uh, Joey Mags, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> it is not. Okay. Hulk Hogan would never agree to work with Joey Mags. Why? Because Joey Mags wouldn't put him over? That don't work for me, brother. <laughs> don't work for anybody. But um, the main event is Lex Luger versus Meng. And uh, Lex Luger beats Meng with the torture rack. <clears throat> that, you know, the way you said the, the, the way you said the finish was almost as lackluster as that match probably was. <laughs> yeah. Lex Luger beats Sting. Uh, beats Ming. Yeah, it was bad. But then the show ends because the NWO comes out. Of and they're course. Gonna, they're going to cut their promo, and then the Giant comes out and lays waste to the entire NWO, beats them all up. Hogan runs away, and... Um, that should be the way you end your show. But in classic WCW fashion, the NWO comes back and they beat up the giant and lay him out. And they like spray paint a chalk out, like a chalk outline around his body. And Kevin Nash says on commentary, don't you think it's convenient that everybody we beat up, we beat up winds up laid out like that. <laughs> that is that's pretty funny. <laughs> Ah, God. Don't you think it's pretty convenient? It's the word convenient. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Kevin was great at, at like putting the right words together to make us all like seem like idiots to a certain extent. Well, Kevin, Nash, go, you know. Kevin Nash is also great at, at, <laughs> at burying everything even he's involved right, in, but right. not really burying it. Right. <laughs> like he's... <laughs> Um, the, 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 let's talk about the big, I'm sorry, the giant in this context for a second. How many times does that cat in and out of the NWO? I was just about to say the same thing. And I believe the number is at three right now, Nate, but I'm not exactly (laughs) sure. It might be rising. I mean, he, he joined after he lost the belt, Mm -hmm. got kicked out, rejoined again, like a year later. And now he was the smoky giant, if you remember. Yeah. Much fatter, much out of shape, much more out of <laughs> shape. And then he rejoined again the WWF. Like, what the fuck, dude? 
<laughs> they don't want you. <laughs> so that was Nitro. Was it Nitro was a little better than than Raw, but they had two hours, so I guess I understand yeah, why. Raw, Raw was probably in, an in the can, in the can show too. It probably wasn't live. Oh yeah, they didn't start doing live shows until they went to two hours after you know. Well, now I get what I'm saying. Remember, they used to be like live one week and then they'd be tape. They yeah, they'd tape like four weeks worth of shows. Right. So that was probably a taped Raw. You always oh, got the be- you always got the best of Raw when it was live. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Now we're going to move into ECW Hardcore TV from January 7th, 1997. At the beginning of this show, we recap Harry Funk returning at the November to Remember, and he winds up in this big brawl with Shane Douglas and Brian Lee, and they're more leaning towards trying to start a feud with Brian Lee and Terry Funk. And Joey Styles is saying that Terry Funk looks at Brian Lee as a younger version of himself, which is weird. Yeah, when I think of, of Brian Lee, I don't think of, oh, he reminds me of a young Terry Funk. What I will say for Terry, though, is... He probably looked at that guy and was like, oh, I can get him. Well, not yeah, not just... That was, that's the kind of what I was getting at. Like, there were a lot of instances in Terry's career where he compared wrestlers to himself that right. were in no way a comparison to himself because of what you were just saying, Aaron. He's 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 the ultimate veteran. He's the ultimate veteran. He's the guy that says, I'll do whatever I can to get that kid over if that's the right. kid you're going to run with. He's the anti you know I mean, Yeah, yeah, he really is. Yeah, I mean, we watched it in the in the, you know, the early the, the early stuff we watched of ECW. He was putting over J.T. Smith and right. blah, blah, blah. So anyway, yeah. I think that's probably what it was. Just a case of, well, we're trying to get this guy over. I'll get him over. And then um, they started to play the um, ECW opening video, like their, their opening credits or whatever you want to call it. And it's interrupted by the BWO montage, and it's showing them going around New York and <laughs> doing their thing, and, and Stevie kicking Santa Claus and all this other shit. Um, I always felt they should have added more members to the BWO. It, it was funny, and I know it was meant to just be comedy. But, I mean, they were the main three. They should have had at least three or four other guys with them just to be making fun of the entire NWO. Mm-hmm. You and know Joey, what I mean? Joey, a couple times, has said, and the WCW can't even sue us because it's a parody. Right, right. <laughs> like, we're not stealing the angle. It's a parody. Uh, but then that moves into um, Big Stevie Cool versus Axel Rotten, and Axel Rotten's playing the heel because obviously the BWO are faces. And they have a decent match, and Stevie beats Axel with a super kick or a Stevie kick, whatever you want to call it. Anything on that? Nope. I just, I always think Stevie was a great worker. Um, and I really wish he would have got a better push in ECW. Like I could have seen him with at least one world title run before they went out of business. But I mean, he played a great lackey when he had to. So then Joey uh, recaps and speculates on this angle they're doing with Taz, where Taz is supposedly hurt, but they don't necessarily believe if Taz is actually hurt or if Taz is trying to protect himself. 
like Taz is saying he's hurt and he's not going to work, but Joey and the ECW supposedly believes that maybe Taz is lying. Wow. And then we move into a montage, which every ECW has a montage. Mm-hmm. They're going to show you a, a bunch of the different stuff that happened at this show, which is one of them is Bubba um, beating up Devon because Devon's still doing the um, um, tough guy version of the Dudleys and trying to tell Bubba that he should stop hanging out with their their weird ass brothers and just be tough. And he's trying to like stop him from stuttering and being goofy and dancing and things like that. And then uh, we lead into Pitbull 2. There's footage of Pitbull 2 beating up Joel Gertner because this time Joel Gertner's not with the Dudleys. He's with Shane and he's Shane's personal ring announcer. Yep. And then we move into highlights of Tommy Dreamer um, facing off against Shane Douglas. And then they show brief um, highlights of the Eliminators. Um, versus Spike and Bubba. And they win their match, and that rolls into Killer Kowalski awarding, because this is in Boston, uh, Killer Kowalski, who appears on ECW, believe it or not, Killer Kowalski awarding the Eliminators the brand new version of the ECW Tag Team Championships, and they're all happy to see him and shit, you know, because Killer, like, trained both of them or whatever. Yeah, I, I was going to say Kowalski trained Saturn, I know of. So. And then, um, Joel Gertner um, interviews himself and says that he is the honeydew on your fruit plate. <laughs> he is. He is. And then he interviews, he brings in, after his interview with himself, he brings in Chris Candido, who cuts a promo on Louis Spicoli, because they're feuding. And then what I wanted to talk about there was, that's something cool that ECW did that nobody else did. They'd acknowledge shit that happened in other companies. They, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. They acknowledged the past that Louis Spicoli, a.k.a. Rad Radford, had with Chris Candido, a.k.a. Skip. That was that was good about that. That was what was good about them. And it was an excellent feud. He tells Louie that you were fat then, you're fat now, basically. <laughs> and then the next match is a nest versus nest match. Um, Raven's Nest versus Raven's Nest. Because technically the BWO is still part of Raven's Nest, and Brian Lee uh, defeats Hollywood Nova with a choke slam. And then Joey Styles goes to interview Killer Kowalski, who's backstage. But then, before Killer can say anything, Brian Lee attacks him and chokes him out. Damn you, Brian Lee, attacking Walter Killer Kowalski. And that's essentially what the Eliminators say, and they say they're going to come for uh, Brian Lee. And anything on that? I'm kind of blowing through ECW here. (laughs) That's easy to do because they were in snippets and everything like that, but... um... Yeah, at, at that point, the Eliminators were probably the two of the biggest badasses in ECW, and Brian Lee was trying to assert himself as the next big badass. So, yeah, I think a feud between those three would have been great. And the, and there's a nice trivia question for when you're sitting around with your friends. Ask them, who's the oldest guy to ever take a bump in the ECW? And if they don't say Killer Kowalski, they wrong. But their ass is... <laughs> 
they're probably they're gonna they're probably table. gonna say Dusty Rhodes, but they'll forget about Killer Kowalski. Right. He was old. <laughs> Fucking old. And then uh Raven comes out and he's cutting a promo about the fact that Sandman stole his ECW championship and he wants it back and he's saying, like, you know, I took your family, I took your son, da 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 da. And is telling him to bring him his belt. Sandman comes out, they brawl. Um, like this is not a match, it's just a brawl all over this all over this amphitheater or whatever they're in. They brawl into the stands and then they wind up in the BWO's locker room. Um, Raven pushes um, Stevie and then for the, the, the cameraman gets knocked out of the locker room and it's you can't see anything. And then all of a sudden, Raven and Sandman bust out, and Sandman is inexplicably, I can't speak, wearing a BWO shirt. <laughs> he didn't have it on when he went in, but he has it on now. And he bought the shirt. Yeah, he bought the shirt, apparently. And Joey is speculating on whether or not they just put him on it, or if Sandman joined the BWO when he was in there. I think that was uh, I think that was ECW's joke rib at his thing in the NWO. So like the Sandman wearing a BWO shirt was kind of like a joke at it. I don't know. That could have possibly. I didn't even think of that. And that could actually been. He was the he was the icon, right? Yes. And then the show ends with just those two brawling in the ring, and Joey Styles says we're out of time, and that is ECW. You and- know. I, I had a com- I had two comments as Aaron was going through that segment. First of all, in a specific promotion, not I'm not saying I'm not saying. Um, oh, I mean, in my opinion, he would be, but in a specific promotion during a specific time period, would you consider Raven one of the top ten heels of all time? Oh, ECW Raven. ECW Raven in ECW, not watered down Raven in WCW or the WWE, but ECW Raven in ECW, one of the top, one of the best top heels in a promotion ever. I hated Raven growing up. I, I've learned to love him now, mm-hmm. but growing up, the things he would do to Stevie, the things he did to Beulah, when Beulah said she was pregnant and that it was Tommy's and he pushed Beulah down, I got pissed. And then when Tommy came out and beat the crap out of him, I popped, and he. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was doing his job. Yeah, he, and he the, had me buying in. The other thing that I will say, and Aaron knows this story, um, Raven was probably having a great time working this program because he said the Sandman was was his favorite person to work with, right? Because he didn't have to do anything, and Sandman yeah. would just <laughs> just take bumps. <laughs> like, <laughs> Raven, Sandman would just fly into shit, and Raven didn't have to do anything. He says it's his favorite opponent ever. I just, I think, I find that these two had a great, <laughs> but weird, weird feud. Because you listen to what Raven said at the beginning of this promo. You took my belt, and that hurts me. But then he he goes on to say, but I took your family and your son. Well, shouldn't that be killing the Sandman then? Right. You know, a belt <laughs> versus my family and my children. And, and then as they go on later on, which we'll talk about, it was their feud that led to Kurt Angle not joining ECW. Yep. So it was a great feud, but weird at the same time. For so sure. 
that's the first week of 1997. There you go. First week. Do you guys to, I was just going to say, do you guys want to do another week, or is that the end of this show? Archie, you up for another one? I can go for another one. I, I postponed my uh, 6 a.m. date with a breakfast sandwich for this. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll just roll in. We'll do one more week here. Before we go into the second week of uh, 19, 1997 with Aaron here on his pilot program, you will be able to listen to the show every single week on WrestleNet Radio, which is available in the Google Play Store as an app, or you can go to the WrestleNet Radio Facebook page or join our new group for WrestleNet Radio and click the link to open in your Safari browser on your Apple phone. Either way, check it out. 24-7, 365 Wrestling Talk. There are episodes of this show, Reliving the Extreme, the Asylum Wrestling Podcast, where if you aren't listening to that, you can listen to it on WrestleNet Radio. You can hear Bret Hart. You can hear Mick Foley. You can hear Sabu. You can hear all the legends of wrestling in the Asylum and all the original shows, too. There's a guy here that does a show every week. Yeah, Archie Mitchell. He's such a ham. You get <laughs> tired of hearing him. He spews some venom, and I like it. Yeah. I like the venom. <laughs> I like the venom. Gets in my eyes, burns them, but I like it. It's a good burn. It's a good burn. I have to I have to put up a poll in both groups this week before I do my next show. I asked a question on this week's episode. Who should not be on TV? Dominic Mysterio or Hook as his son? Both. Both, but I, I want to know is who both, people think more. Is both an option? <laughs> both is an option, yes, yes. Um, like, it's just, they're both weird. <laughs> so, yeah, get on that, ladies and gentlemen, WrestleNet Radio for sure. And one more thing, and then I'll let Aaron get back into what he's doing. Uh, the only other plug I have for this week, unless Archie or Aaron have anything, is October the 2nd, 2021, if you are in the area or you travel for wrestling conventions, come see us because we will be at the Heroes and Legends Wrestling Show and Convention in Fort Wayne, Indiana on October the 2nd. And the stars are starting to line up there. I know the Pope is going to be there. Actually, they announced today the Pope is going to wrestle on that show um, along wait, with... Wait, the, the Pope from like the Vatican? <laughs> no, the Pope from like D'Angelo De Niro. <laughs> oh, oh, the guy from the NWA. Okay. No, the Pope from the Vatican is going to be in the Italian World Order. Oh, okay, yeah. That's the, that's the that's the big turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you clergy can stick it. Um, <laughs> I, I know uh, Sabu's going to be there. Kevin Sullivan's going to be just there. Don't want to know where they stick it. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh God. All right, that Wait, plugs Aaron over. And Kevin are, Aaron <laughs> That's and Kevin what he Sullivan, said. <laughs> Aaron and Kevin Sullivan are going to be in the same room together. Yeah, we sure might are. see. We might see a bathroom brawl like he had with Chris Benoit. <laughs> I don't want to fight Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> he might want to fight you if he listens to the show. He ain't listening. You never know. But I'm telling you right now, I'm really excited about this, guys. Um, being able to meet listeners and. And being able to, to uh, record some broadcasts from the show, it's going to be a blast. It's something I've wanted to do since before COVID, and then COVID happened, and 
And and now that we're able to get out there again, live wrestling shows, live concerts, things like that, we can't wrestle podcast and WrestleNet Radio and Reliving the Extreme are going to try to do more and more out in the community of wrestling. And this is the this is the start, October second, twenty twenty one. Join us in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And you know what? Fort Wayne, Indiana is an important wrestling town because that's where Bret Hart announced he was staying with the WWF and he'd be with the WWF forever. <laughs> we know how well that went. <laughs> All right, Aaron, take us back into 1997, week two. All right, we're not going to go through the roll call of champions because it's still the same champions, but every week yeah. going forward, we will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the roll from one. 1397 opens with a recap of Sid beating Peter and then <laughs> Shawn Michaels trying to help and then uh, not helping Sid beat Peter but preventing him from doing it which he was too late and then it also shows Steve Austin attacking Bret Hart on Superstars can you imagine that on a Superstars on Superstars Steve Austin beach. attacking Bret Hart when the B shows meant something. Yes. Yeah. And then um, we open, and Vince McMahon is not with Jerry the King Lawler, because Jerry the King Lawler is going to be in the opening contest. Wait, hold on. Ed, uh-huh. By this time, by this time, had they moved superstars to USA, or was it still in syndication? Uh, it didn't say on here. Okay. I, I, know, I know it wasn't on Saturdays anymore. Was that's, that's, that's one of my stupid wrestling, wrestling nerd questions. I'm sorry, I just... Was wondering. So this show, the commentating team is Vince McMahon and the Honky Tonk Man. Is Jerry? <laughs> I don't Lawler. know why that. I don't know why that made me laugh. No, that's just a weird combination. <laughs> and the reason is, is because Jerry Lawler is in this opening match, and it is Mark Marrow and Goldust versus Jerry Lawler and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Well. <laughs> talk about uh, two weird tag teams. Yeah, the result is. Hunter and Lawler winning via disqualification because Mark Marrow pushed the referee and it turned into this big thing. And then Goldust and Marrow, they have a little bit of a altercation with each other. And that is how that ends. Okay, now wait. This is when Marrow was starting to become the boxer. And he, He's not the boxer yet. But right, they're, they're starting, starting to transform. They're starting and, to make him a little bit more of a heel. And Goldust is getting into that weird... When, when he starts dressing like everything, even a Christmas tree. Well, that's know, that's, that's not yet. Oh, I no. know that. I know this hasn't been uttered a lot, especially on this show. But it makes me curious. This this time period makes me curious about Mark Marrow, and, and the reason I say that is because I wonder what would have happened. Like, what was the plan had he not injured his ACL? Right. Um, because, like Aaron said, they were kind of alluding to a bit of a heel turn. Would he have been a heel like he was when he came back? Was it going to be something different? You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I know that Bruce Pritchard and whoever, they like to shit on Marrow, but there was a time where Mark Marrow was a really good wrestler. And, and yeah, sure, maybe he had a higher opinion of himself than he should have, but so do a lot of the guys that shit on Mark Marrow. Right. So I just I just wonder what a Mark Marrow heel run at this time would have looked like, you know. I'm sure Sable probably shit on Mark Marrow at least once. <laughs> he, he asked probably for it let too. her. Yeah, he probably yeah. let her. 
But then we go out of that match into Sid cutting a promo in the middle of the Alamo Dome, the empty Alamo Dome. Because oh, I remember this. Point. We're on the eve yep. of the Royal Rumble, and it's fucking awesome because mm-hmm. his voice is like echoing throughout the building, and what he says is amazing because he says he's looking forward to getting into this ring because he's going to beat HBK to death in front of his family and friends and all the Mexicans Jose can summon from Mexico. <laughs> summon. So, so not was only that a, tr- was that a Trump speech? <laughs> not only did Sid Vicious claim to want to murder somebody on national television, but he was also the biggest racist there was <laughs> in nineteen ninety seven. But going into the going into the market they were going into for the rumble, that was right. perfect. Oh yeah. That was like, that was like that was like uh 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 Jerry that was like a Jerry Lawler in the seventies promo. Well <clears throat> the problem excuse me, the problem was Sid got cheered when he beat Shawn Michaels for the title. Yes. Vince was worried that Sid would get cheered again. So they had to make him say all this. <laughs> Sid was like, you promised me I get to be a face. You are the face. Okay. And then we do an HBK remote. He's at some nightclub in San Antonio with a bunch of like chicks around, like little good-looking 1997 Latinas around him. And there's a couple <laughs> of dudes that keep trying to get in there, and Sean's kind of pushing them away. He don't want anything to do with them. And you he know why he was pushing them out of the way, right? Because he was with a bunch of good-looking Mexican Latinas. That's no, why. because he was looking for a smile. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that happened. And then um, we get a recap of Austin beating up, beating up Bret Hart again from uh, Superstars. And um, what they said was... Um, I don't want to, sorry, I messed up. Um, basically, Austin Pillman's him. He puts the chair around his ankle yep. and slams on it. And then um, Brett is on headset for the next match, and he says he's not going to get involved in it. He doesn't. He, he's going to step away. He's just going to be on commentary because it's Bulldog versus Rocky Maivia. And right before they have that match, they show clips from. Shotgun Saturday Night, which is this only its only second episode, and it's Sable and Mero having an argument because Mero lost a match to Rocky Maivia. He leaves, and then the Honky Tonk Man gets in and basically tries to force himself on Sable because she's sat in the ring. And then Rocky saves him, and then Mero comes out and he's offended, and he attacks um, Rocky Maivia. And Vince McMahon is talking about how Sable possibly has eyes for Rocky Maivia. And then I'm wondering in my mind, imagine how much Vince McMahon would have loved if The Rock and Sable had a baby. Right? (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's everybody's champ. Yes. The (laughs) Rabel. Nate, that sounds horrible. <laughs> it's Saki. Saki. Saki Maivia. 
<laughs> the match, the, the the match on Raw starts between the British Bulldog and Rocky Maivia, and during the match, Owen Hart comes out and he stands between the commentating table and the ring, and it's just staring daggers at Brett. Yes, doing commentary, and and Vince is like, "Oh, does it bother you having your brother out here?" And I want, and Brett's like, "No." I don't even know why he's here, why he's messing with me. Just go away, yada, yada, yada. Well, as all of Owen's attention is on trying to mean mug Brett, Bulldog gets knocked out of the ring, and Steve Austin comes out and attacks the Bulldog because they have an issue going on. And Brett's like, hey, stupid. Like He's looking at Owen. He's like, hey, stupid. Turn around. You see what's going on. And... um Brett ends up trying to go over there and stop Austin just because Owen's not paying attention. And then when Owen sees it, he's like, oh, God damn it. And then he runs over there, and Bulldog ends up losing by countout. Okay. At the end of that match. Two things. First, um, does or does not the British Bulldog, and, and I was just thinking about, I was actually literally like while you were talking about it, picturing him wrestling Rocky in my head, like in the mm-hmm. ring, you know. And for some reason, when I was picturing it, this move came to mind, and it does every time I think of Davy Boy as a singles wrestler, especially as a heel. Does or does not Davy Boy Smith, honest to God, have the coolest looking running clothesline in wrestling history? Oh yeah, oh yeah. The way that he would, the way that he would kind of do that, that that the way his legs moved and his big fucking arm and, and, and then when he, when he gets to his, like an in, like in place little. Yeah. Yeah. Like he was like a, yeah. And then he, when he'd get to right, when he'd get to the guy, he'd do that perfect, just a little bit of lean forward of the, the, the top of his body. And anyway, yeah, just the fucking coolest running clothesline in wrestling history. Secondly, again, we go back to, as, as I said earlier, As you go through this year, Aaron, you're going to notice how much Shawn Michaels changes things. Shawn Michaels losing his smile. If that had not happened, we would have had Bulldog and Steve Austin at WrestleMania 13. That was the plan. You know, that's, that's why we're, that's why they're doing this shit right now. So just think about that. Just how it altered just the course of, of wrestling history. You'd have never had that classic Bret Hart, Steve Austin match. Not saying Steve and Bulldog probably wouldn't have had a good match, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And then we roll into a Nation of Domination promo, and then that moves right into The Undertaker versus Crush. And the original NWO was Pimp, or NWO, the original Nation of Domination NOD was really Pimp. I thought it was cooler when it was like a collection of different races of people and everything like it wasn't just like oh we're black militants it was we're all different but we all got screwed over and and i agree i agree with you but i think pg-13 ruined that with the song i mean it was funny that was cool but but (laughs) i think it it made that made it a little more comical when they would come we are the nation live and in color (laughs) you know what i mean it was just like I thought it was cool. They, threat, they threatened violence against your mother, Archie. Right. That's, that's yeah. some heel shit right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then um, 
Where am I at here? Sorry, Vader gets involved because Vader's going to be facing the Undertaker at WrestleMania or WrestleMania Royal Rumble. Sorry, and then um, the NOD and um, Vader beating at the Undertaker, so Undertaker wins by DQ. And then Ahmed Johnson um, comes out to save the Undertaker, but fails. And then they beat up both of them. And they leave. So <laughs> and Ahmed Johnson is a terrible run-in guy and anything. Anything he did, he failed at. And that... <laughs> that is how Raw went off the air. With Ahmed Johnson being a huge failure? Yes. Damn it. Sounded, sounded like a tad bit of an underwhelming raw for that yeah, week. And that was the that was that was their lead in, that was their go home blow off into the Royal Rumble. Sounds like what a great name <laughs> if this was an episode of Seinfeld. The one where Ahmed fails again. <laughs> <laughs> he failed at wrestling, he failed at promos, failed at run ins. You got fatter when you went to WCW. Hor- horrible jumpsuits. <laughs> and then we roll in and then he, nope sorry nope that no i'm not gonna do it i'm not gonna do it because it'll be for your next show so i'm not gonna talk about it there's something about the royal rumble but i'm not gonna address it yet oh, okay i was just gonna say we'll recap the pay-per-view right at the end of this but that's okay oh you're doing the rumble okay you're doing the rumble okay yeah show. just a brief recap of the rumble because this is in that week we get to talk about dick Murdoch being in the rumble that was 96 damn it <laughs> Cold open a nitro from January thirteenth, nineteen ninety-seven. Um, Giant breaks into the locker room of the NWO looking for Hulk Hogan, and then a um, bunch of bunch of security guards take him out of there. And Giant wants his title match now. He doesn't want to wait for sold out. I think he was just trying to prematurely join the NWO again. He didn't, yeah, he didn't want to wait for the pay-per-view and then to join the following Nitro. So the opening match of this program is Mr. JL. Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. Ooh. And it's a pretty good match, and Chavo ends up winning with a moonsault. Well, Mr. JL never beat anybody. No, he didn't. <laughs> Mr. JL and Alex Wright are the only two guys to ever wrestle Sabu in WCW. Yeah, I bet they love that. Just saying. <laughs> Look, he's going to put you on the table, but he's not going to put you through it. You promise, Eric? I promise. Was there Eric. ever... Was I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I know I'm getting off topic, Aaron, but was there ever a bigger mismatch for a promotion and a wrestler? Then Sabu in WCW in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, it was never gonna work. Yeah, yeah like that yeah. was just it was such a mismatch. Like the worst mismatch was the the, the the on same on par was the public enemy and WCW at the same time. Or the the public enemy in the WWF. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> but a public enemy enemy anywhere but WCW or ECW. ECW, right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, I, we got we just we got off track, but that's right. And then Hacksaw Jim Duggan, he comes out, and he's wearing purple and gold, not his blue and white because he's representing WCW. And um, he's um, supposed to be fighting Super Callow, 
But before oh, that match happens, he trolls Sting, talks about Sting needs to get off the fence, and and this and go with WCW, stop playing playing each end down the middle, and then he goes down to the ring, and then uh, Duggan's out there waving his WCW flag or whatever. And then the real Sting drops from the ceiling and fucks up Jim Duggan. <laughs> Thank you, Sting. Thank you, Sting. And the winner of this is everyone because we didn't have to see Jim Duggan versus Super Callow. Now, it would have been funny had Callow like, come running out and pinned Duggan and been like, to the ref, like, count, count. You know, the, funniest, the-, the funniest thing is thinking about the booking meeting. Like, they were like, all right, we're going to have this thing with Duggan and Sting, but we need to go in there. With the with the uh, with the preface or the intention that there's going to be a Duggan match, so there's a right. reason for him to be out there. Who should he be going to fight? And Kevin Sullivan was like, "Super Calo." <laughs> and they're like, "Nobody will believe that. Fuck right. it. Nobody's going to care. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it." <laughs> Super Calo. <laughs> I don't believe Roadblock. Before okay. I believe Super Callow. How about VK Wall Street or anybody <laughs> else on the roster? <laughs> but no, Duncan's going to fight a face luchador. <laughs> so now we get our standby match, which is Craig Pittman versus Chris Jericho. Who's Teddy Long managing? Craig, <laughs> Craig Pittman, I think. <laughs> He's not like standing in the middle of the post <laughs> as we can get both of them. So Jericho wins that with a missile drop kick. And then we I'm sure nobody has anything about that, right? That's terrible. Yeah, no. It's, no. It's and then uh high voltage is up next versus Harlem Heat. And during this match, um the Giant tries again to get into the um locker room of Hulk Hogan winning a title match. Because he won it, he won the Battle Royal of World War Three, and this is so stupid. <laughs> they they say he can't. Bischoff says that he can't have the match because um, Hogan, like they never signed a contract, like they never signed a contract, so he can't have. But but he won World War Three, which yeah, like well, World we, War Three was you get a title shot. Right, when this we, is stupid. We, as a company, we spent over a million dollars producing a pay per view. Right, and 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 contracting sixty professional wrestlers. Right, to have a three ring. We even we even paid for two extra rings to be set up to have a three ring battle royal. Under the impression that if they won this expensive battle royal that cost Turner lots and lots of money. They would get a shot at the WCW. No questions champion. asked. No, no questions, questions asked. asked. The problem is we never signed a contract. <laughs> it's so right. fucking stupid. That would, that would, it gets it gets worse. Wait a minute. But that worse. would be like if somebody would have won money in the bank and as they were running down to cash in, the champion would have grabbed money. No, I never signed that contract. I never signed it runs that away. Contract, it yeah. runs away. <laughs> you know. It, it gets worse. Okay. Then uh Bischoff. Well, Harlem Heat beat High Voltage. I thought that went without saying. But then Bischoff, Virgil, and the Million Dollar Man come out, and they steal the headsets. And Zabisco at first is is trying to bow up, but he ends up throwing his headset down. But before he says that, he looks at Eric and says, um, mess with me, you'll wind up mowing Vern Gagne's lawn again. 
And then he... <laughs> and then he tipped Virgil 20 and walks away. That's a good line. Yeah. And then they do a video of whose side is Sting on, and the NWO is talking about how they're with him. And then they're talking about DDP, and apparently the reason DDP wasn't there last week was because he was eating steak with Scott Hall. Oh. And then Mark Starr comes out, and he's going to face DDP. And DDP beats Mark Starr, no surprise. And um, this is the famous segment, and it might be the only time that DDP ever did anything entertaining in his career. Uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall come down. They give him the NWO. um, Puts it on. Puts it on, and then um, ends up, when Kevin Nash turns around, he ends up uh, hitting the diamond cutter and... um, on Scott Hall, and then Kevin Nash chases him, and DDP runs away, and obviously DDP is now with... Uh, well, well, you left out a big part. Nash goes to chase after DDP, DDP ducks, Nash tumbles over the ropes, and hugs the announce table. Literally hugged it and rolled over it. <laughs> he looked clumsy as shit doing that. So DDP is now firmly with the WCW, and then we roll into a pre-taped Outsiders promo about the Steiner brothers and how they'll be facing them at Sold Out, and it's just classic banter between Scott Hall and Kevin Nash on those NWO promos. Always funny. Didn't really write down any lines. Um Then we go in. Sorry, I just I wrote a note and I wanted to make sure I read it right. Then we roll into uh, D. Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero, which is always that was probably a classic. It was very good. And during this match, they say that the championship committee was over at the hotel and they had a um, impromptu board meeting and have said that in fact Hulk Hogan must defend his championship against. The Giant, but it will not be at sold out. It will be right here tonight on Nitro. So, wait. Hold on. Back to what Nate said. Million dollar pay-per-view. <laughs> three rings. But it still took a championship committee to vote. Why did we have the pay-per-view then? <laughs> Why the funny... did the Giant get thrown out of the NWO for wanting the title shot then? The funny thing is... you know. The funny thing is the clusterfuck that is what's mm-hmm. going on in the story is mm-hmm. probably art imitating life. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like this, right. is, this is probably the kind of shit that was going on behind the scenes oh, yeah. at WCW. Eric, too. Eric, the giant has to fight Hulk Hogan. Hogan doesn't want to fight the giant, but he has to. But he doesn't want to. Eric, he's gonna fight him. All right. This is this has to be one of his this has to be one of his fourteen and a half matches he's committed to every year. Yeah. You know, to go back a minute, you mentioned that there was a promo about Sting possibly joining the NWO. I always found it very stupid when the WCW announcers would see a guy in a Sting mask, not a painted face, but a Sting mask and a black wig come out with a bat, and they automatically, it's Sting! And then five minutes later, the real Sting, oh, there's the real Sting! Like, use art blind. 
And it was, well, and it was always like, it's Sting. And apparently the humidity has really affected his hair. Right. Like, <laughs> like his hair, his hair was like the, the wigs were always like poofy and shit. It didn't right. Look and it, was, it never looked like, it never, and the guy was always like either three inches too short <laughs> or five inches too tall to be Sting. But they would yeah. always, like, you're watching the same television we are. Because the, you're watching it on a on a on a monitor. The worst one they ever did was when they tried it. They tried to have Kevin Nash, yeah, yeah, dress up like Sting. It's like, oh my God! Not only is Sting here, he's a foot taller than he actually is. Isn't that crazy, ladies but yet, and gentlemen? What caused Sting to become the Crow was WCW constantly questioning whether he was joining the NWO. Right. No wonder he <laughs> stayed in the Raptors for a year. You people couldn't make up your mind what I was doing. It it was it was um, that Sting storyline. It's funny because at the time it was great. W- yeah, watching it week to week at the time, I found it fascinating. Now you go back and watch it, and it almost and I know I know. I mean, it was it was smart of Eric to build oh, it for as long as he did to get the anticipation for the Starcade. So, like I said, in the moment. <sighs> It was a great story, but right. you go back and watch it now, and you're like, "Damn, I could do without six months of this." Right. Yes. Right. I've, I've done an Eric Bischoff audible. I've changed my plans for this show. Oh, okay. We're gonna, we're gonna put the Royal Rumble, which I have on this paper, over mm-hmm. here, and we're gonna recap that on the next episode of this Ooh. as a teaser. So you <laughs> motherfuckers can wait to see what happened at the Royal like- Rumble. Even though you could just get on the cock and watch it, <laughs> I like I like the way you think. Um, right, so Giants going to so, fight Hogan tonight? Yes, for the title because the championship committee has decided that's going to happen, mm-hmm. and they're discussing that during this fantastic Eddie Guerrero D Malenko match because none of these guys could probably In a hotel. It. And um, D Malenko ends up beating um, Eddie Guerrero. With a power bomb because Six distracted Eddie Guerrero by talking shit to him. Right. Far away. Listen to me. Listen to me. (laughs) I'm gonna point and he was like, Okay. I'm gonna point out (laughs) I'm gonna point out another problem with WCW. This is one of the problems with WCW. Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko are having a fantastic match on television. Right. Why did why did they never get their push? Because the whole time they were having their match, everybody in charge was debating about Hogan and Giant. Right. <laughs> they weren't even yes. watching. <laughs> Not even in the arena. They were in a hotel somewhere. They couldn't they even were. be afforded to come to the arena and do it. And now this next match <laughs> cracked me up. And I'm not oh, going to say why. But I'm going to see if you guys pick up on why. Mm-hmm. The next match is Conan of the Dungeon of Doom with Jimmy Hart versus Super Calo. <laughs> Wasn't he supposed to fight Duncan? Wasn't he supposed to fight Duncan earlier? Yes. <laughs> so they had him double booked, or or did they go? Wait, we didn't get Super Calo didn't get his match. Put him against Conan now. Yeah, there's only there's only one thing I can say about this whole thing. Dirt, 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 Fucking knows what's going on. <laughs> and I wrote down a line real quick. Mike Tanay says that Super Calo named himself after his favorite Mexican group. Okay? Mm-hmm. Super Calo got his name and his look 
And Bobby Heenan goes, good thing he didn't really like Diana Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, Bobby. oh, Bobby. I think that was funny as shit. Oh, Bobby. Conan <laughs> wins that one. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the next match is Chris Benoit with woman versus Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett wants want, Jeff Jarrett wants to be a horseman. And um this one ends just in a it, it ends in a schmaz. It never it doesn't have a it doesn't have a, a winner because well, sorry, it technically does because Mongo accidentally he, he goes to hit Chris Benoit the segment ends in a schmaz. The match itself has a has a, vet, a winner because Mongo goes to try to hit Jeff Jarrett with the Halliburton briefcase, but um, Jarrett reversed it, did the classic thing where he wasn't paying attention, thinks he's about to hit Jarrett, who's about to bounce into the ropes. Jarrett reverses it, ends up with Mongo obviously striking um, Chris Benoit, and uh, Mongo's upset. But um, Deborah isn't. She isn't right. upset about it because she likes Jeff Jarrett. Right. She thinks he's cute. She um, knows he's sexy. Yes. Um, he's got the moves. And this next thing they say is infuriating to me. Okay. They say that get ready for our main event. It's going to be Hulk Hogan versus the Giant, but it's now been decided that a champion can't be made to defend his belt unless he has a 48-hour notice, so this will now not be a title match. It will just be Hulk Hogan versus the Giant. Jesus Christ. title Jesus Christ. <laughs> Even the bait and switch was like, this is a bait and switch. So the whole show was centered around will Hulk Hogan defend the title or won't he? And then at the last five minutes, they're like, no, he won't. Oh, there's still more show, but they've said, okay, the main event's coming up, but now it's not for the title because the championship committee forgot that we have to give our champion (laughs) the championship before he has to defend his title. So as they were sipping drinks at the Ritz-Carlton, Eric Bischoff burst in and went, it hasn't been 48 hours, and they went, shit. I'd, I'd like to think that they were all enthralled by that Dean Malenko-Eddie Guerrero right, match, but right. I'm sure that's probably not the case. They didn't even know that match happened. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's another Horseman interview, and it's okay. And then it's Billy Kidman versus Scotty Riggs, and I wrote why. Right. And the only reason why was because they had Buff Bagwell come out and unveil his new Buff gimmick because he's now in the NWO and these guys are going to fight it sold out. And um, Scotty Riggs wins that match with a cradle suplex. And then we get a on the road with Stagger Lee Marshall who says uh, Six Flags in this town they're going to is going to open up a Tilt-A-Weasel. <laughs> and Bobby's basically like, I don't know why this guy's always fucking with me. I haven't done anything to him. Right. And then, oh, go ahead. I know we we talk, we actually reference this a lot more on this show than I'm sure any podcast in history. 
But the little mini, the little mini feud between Lee Marshall and Bobby Heenan is right. like one of the greatest things in Nitro history. Like, what is this guy's problem with me? Yeah, <laughs> nothing to him. <laughs> and then, um, Lex Luger versus Rick Fuller. Oof. Luger yeah, beats I, Rick Fuller. Now, I heard a rumor that Lex Luger was supposed to fight Super Calo. But Sting came down from the rafters and took out Callow and went back up. Yeah. <laughs> did anybody? Did anybody else ever think Rick Fuller looked like uh, Adam Bomb's disheveled brother? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Rick Steiner and Arn Anderson have a match, and um, it is what it is. Which, arm couldn't do much anymore. I mean, the arm was basically this, this is him at the end tail end of his career, yeah. and obviously you you don't know it knowing it at the time. You know you don't know, but watching it now, you can see that Arn's struggling. Um, Steiner ends up winning that, and then we talk. Um, they talk about how this is. This is when I remembered what this was. They talk about how they're running out of time, but they've been promising this Hulk Hogan. Oh, God, this is when they do it in between. Yes. Coming on they, next. They, oh, God. They, they say, we've been promising you this match. Oh, God. WCW is going to give it to you, but we're going to give you this match as every commercial break for the um, adventures, the new adventures of Robin Hood yep. on TNT. Yep. So they built this Hogan giant match to try to pad the ratings and get people to watch this new adventures of Robin, Robin Hood. Hood, right. Which is, a 45, which is a 45 minute program. And they want you to believe that the giant and Hulk Hogan had a 45 minute match. Right. <laughs> right. Which obviously this was probably a 10 minute match that they just taped and then spliced into these commercials. Right. And, and um, the giant ends up winning this entire thing by DQ because then the NWO runs in and beats him up anyway. Um, if you made it non-title, why not just let Giant plant Hogan and pin him? Right. Uh, true fact, I did not watch this match because I didn't want to be bothered with the new adventures of Robin Hood. Neither I, did anybody the, else. It only lasted next, like three weeks. The next day at school, the kids told me what happened, and I was just like, yeah, fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> so, so that was a terrible... Yeah. Episode of WCW Nitro made Raw look like they aired WrestleMania. Yeah, compared to what WCW was. So, anything else on that? No, other than no. Yuck. Ugh. (laughs) Ugh. So so now we'll move into ECW from January fourteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, and that'll end our program. Um. The opening match is Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton versus the Gangsters. Now, were, was Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton representing the FBI? No, no? not yet. Okay, okay. Tommy Tom- Rich hasn't joined it yet. 
Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton versus the Gangsters. Let me tell you something. That's cool. Right? <laughs> I don't give That's a shit. That's a good cool. match. I like that. There's no <laughs> shit on it. And, 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 um, I wasn't shitting on it. And, and, oh, no. Nobody was saying you were. <laughs> no. And they actually, um, the Gangsters actually give Ricky a little bit on it, showing some love for what he did for him at the beginning of their, Mm-hmm. They're one, you know what I mean, and it's it's a decent match. And then Ricky and Tommy obviously put the gangsters over, right? The gangsters win with the drive by, and that's the. Um, and then after the match, um, uh, sorry, where am I here? Um, after the match, uh, Ricky Morton beats up Tommy Rich because Tommy Rich lost. Tommy Rich lost the fall, so. So Ricky Morton beats him up. <laughs> I don't know if that's the last we see of Ricky Morton in ECW, but I almost forgot that Ricky Morton I, was in I, ECW. If I'm not mistaken, him and, and Tommy have a match, like a blow off to the you know because they were starting a feud. I guess it may and, have all it may have yeah, and it may have all been in the same taping. To yeah, be honest, yeah. But I remember something about Tommy Rich being bloody as hell. You know, and it was against Ricky Morton, so I don't know if Morton beat the crap out of him or what. Somebody say something about getting fired up. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, we established more of this is Taz hurt and the ECW crew, it goes to the Taz dojo and Taz states that he is not hurt, but he won't um, work until Sabu fights him. He wants to fight Sabu and he refuses to actually wrestle in a match until Sabu fights him. Not a match. He just wants to fight him. Because Sabu keeps avoiding him and all that. And this is this is uh, all building towards, folks, the first ECW pay-per-view. Yes. Did Archie drop off? I think we lost him. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> okay. And then Joey Styles recaps the fight from last week between... Um, Raven and the Sandman, and then this leads into another Raven coming out, um, and and uh, calling out the Sandman. Sandman comes out and it turns into like a non plug fight, and they're fighting each other. And then um, the BWO comes out, and Stevie comes in, and misfires and ends up kicking the Sandman, or ends up kicking Raven. And then uh, Sandman DDT's Raven on the title. And then um, Sandman beats Raven with the cane. And I think the Sandman won, but there's not... (laughs) Right, it really was, you don't know if it was a match or not. Yeah, and um, then Joey questions whether or not um, Stevie actually missed Kicking right. Sandman, or if it was a Stevie working him, and is is Sandman now the leader of the BWO? Is he in the BWO? And then Joel interviews himself again, and then Raven comes and ends up trying to like. Um, sorry, I lost my stealth. I lost myself here. That's Raven, easy. That's easy to do talking about an ECW show. Okay. Right. And then. Raven smacks Joey around a little bit and is demanding that he gets his belt back and the ECW should get him his belt back. But he doesn't like like knock him out, knock him out. But then Joey recaps uh, 
Shane fucking up the pit bulls and beating up Beulah. This thing's all over the place. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah. And then um, the triple threat come out and um, Brian Lee's involved and we go into this match with Chris Candido versus Louis Spicoli and Chris Candido ends up beating Louis Spicoli and that's how ECW ends. Wow. Damn. <laughs> that was a frantic hour of ECW. It is insane. Like, I was trying to write this down, and I'm like, I don't know how I can make heads or tails of what's, like, I don't know how to. Right. There was really only one match on the whole show. And a lot of times with ECW, that was that was the case, you know. Right. It was a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> but, at the, but watching it, when you're watching it, not recapping it, when you're watching it, it's enthralling. But yes, um, but maybe that's what Paulie wanted because they always said that everybody who was involved with ECW was drinking the Kool Aid. So maybe he felt if he made it that mixed up, you'd become like a zombie and watch it just for the sake of watching it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, there it is, the pilot for Aaron's the year that was show tentative title um, that is going to be on WrestleNet Radio. So stay tuned for that. Aaron gave the little teaser there. The first episode, he will uh, discuss the Royal Rumble 1997, which is actually one of my favorite Rumble pay-per-views. And and the reason being, guys, is that we've already hit two hours. So that shows me that it can take an hour to recap a week. Right. Wanted to find out. But I did a lot of work on the Royal Rumble. Like, that's an entire legal pad page. (laughs) So I didn't want to let my fucking work just be rushed through. Well, I can tell you I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being on the show with you, Aaron, and I enjoyed the way that you hosted it. And I am on board to listen to the Royal Rumble next week with you whenever you're ready. Well, look at that. He's already got a co-host for next week. Yes. But I got Um, a job that actually pays me, so I don't know what week we're going to do it yet. Not a problem. Nate can't come up off a buck. (laughs) <laughs> he's got to find one. He's got to find one first. <laughs> I don't think you're looking that, hard. <laughs> that being said, Aaron, good job. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm losing him in this business at this point. Support the fucking show, people. Go to the sponsors. Um. <laughs> anyway, no, good job, Broski. Thank and, you. Uh, looking forward to the new show on WrestleNet Radio, and. Check it out if you have not yet. Check out WrestleNet Radio. And keep listening to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Yes. Because in the month of July, not only will we be talking about maybe some great American bashes and such here on the show, but Aaron always says this is where he shines. The month of July is the month of the Hall of Shame. That will be coming up. The Hall of Shame coming up in the month of July. Um, <coughs> at some point, I won't do it tonight, obviously, because we're ready to wrap here. I'll run down all the previous uh, the previous inductees in the Hall of Shame, but I'm very much looking forward to it. We've inducted yeah, the entire from ready. I'm inducting the entire Mysterio family into the Hall of Shame. <laughs> Eighteen names ready. Jesus, you only need four, right? <laughs> we have inducted. Uh, Angles. We've inducted entire promotions. Entire promotion groups. We don't induct 
we indict. Right. <laughs> yes, we indict. Right. It's like <laughs> and a it's Friars also, Club La Roast for wrestling. It's, it's also always, you know, I, I, I had law. Okay, I had the 2019 list saved in my phone. But somehow the 2020 list had gotten erased. I couldn't find it anywhere. So I had to go back and listen to last year's episode and write down everybody that got inducted. And I I beg you, I beg you, everyone, go find the Hall of Shame episode from last year. And and if you only listen to one thing, listen to Aaron's induction of Judy Bagwell. Yes. (laughs) Yes. He calls her a fat sack. (laughs) (laughs) Now, wait, Nate. You mentioned that. I, always, I always said this fat sack got in the business in 1998. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nate, you mentioned that the list got deleted from your phone. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that the 2020 Hall of Shame list got COVID <laughs> and did. disappeared? It did. Okay. <laughs> sorry, bad joke, people. I'm, no, I'm sorry. It, no, you know what? They opened the, tr- the they opened the water fountains at Big Lots again, so COVID's over. Oh, Don't worry about I, it. Once, once, <laughs> once, once we're done, I got a Big Lot story for you. Or it's just starting again. Yeah. Oh, the wife and I were watching TV earlier, and three commercials in a row: Disney World, Six Flags, and Hershey Park, and they yeah. all have no mass restrictions. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Here we go again. Yep. <laughs> Well, everybody, guys, Archie, Aaron, thank you. Aaron, thank you, thank you for well. Aaron, thank you for presenting on this week's episode. We appreciate it. Yep, I appreciate and, you guys uh, going along with it. It's nice. It's nice. It's nice for me to kick back and let somebody else host, and I just get to make fucking wise cracks. Right. I like it. It's fun. I enjoy it very much. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's like, I didn't get to be funny. <laughs> Had to be all serious and shit. Right. <laughs> Get everything back on track. It <laughs> sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we will see you next week when we return. Have a great week, everybody. Good night, everybody.